0: Good evening. It's Tuesday. It's just after nine o'clock, and as you can see, we're slightly short-staffed tonight. For some reason, the English and the Welsh contingent aren't available tonight. I can't think possibly why. Yep. Um, although I, I, I have seen the scores, I think somebody will be crying at their, their beer anyway. So.
1: Oh. Uh, but yes, guys, it is UK Cowboys time. So here we are. It's the, the Scottish uh, dual factor right here. We are missing Graham from that perspective but as you can see it's just me and Lauren here tonight and we are going to go over the post-game reaction over the New York Giants and yeah, and just kind of doing our overall thoughts before we lead into the pre-game show for Thursday, so how are we man?
0: Uh, not too bad, uh, nice long weekend, a bit strange without proper football for us to watch on sunday, on a sunday. Um, yeah it, um, anything where divested an actual interest in it but um oh it was it was good watching some of the games knowing there was no pressure on it so
1: absolutely you can actually just sit back and chill and that's it and uh, i believe we actually got a wee update in regards to that same group uh when we were just talking about england and wales there is that uh, dj dog just mentioned that USA have won against Iran 1-0, which is excellent because that that means when I'm in the States, I can witness the last 16 uh, and just watch the game with uh, with my friends over there. So that'll be quite an experience. So I'm really looking
0: forward to that now. So well done to America. Well done. Yep. They now they now go on to face the Netherlands according to what I'm reading. So it's oh, going to now, be a tough that's tough conquest for
1: them. Tough tough game, but what more can you want for the for the Americans? You, you want against a really top opposition in Holland. Have always been top But we're not here to talk about the World Cup. Obviously, we like we said, we're here to talk about the post game reaction. It's been um what, five days since the game, and uh, we just just uh, we're wanting kind of just with Manchester our thoughts. A lot of time to recuperate, recover from the Thanksgiving dinner. Um, I've maybe cut, put on a couple of pounds since then. So yes. Uh so the Cowboys won 28 to 20 at home at on Thanksgiving. Um what's your general thoughts about the, the game now, Lon?
0: Um I, it seems strange saying this, but it's a game of two halves. That first half, obviously. You know, every, everything that could go wrong seemed to go away we, we were back to gambling on going for it on fourth down. Um, Dak, Dak threw two picks, you know, which slightly uncharacteristic for him. Um, and then, you know, the Jonas Brothers came out. And, and everybody, you know, obviously that gave Mike McCarthy and co an extra couple of minutes to... Uh, light a fire underneath both the offense and the defense and we came out firing in the second half so
1: yeah i mean i generally kind of feel like we it felt like well for me from what i was watching it kind of feel like we slumped back into the green bay game but the second half is like that's what we should have did like we did against minnesota so it was like those two games, but compressed into the one game and two halves, that's what it kind of felt yeah. like. So, yeah. um, but yes, um, we'll go we'll dive more into the actual game itself in a second, but we'll go straight into the news and updates. So, uh, as well, we just saw some one of the comments that as you may have noticed, is the Odell Beckham Jr. airport situation um he was kind of dozing on and off the plane got asked to leave the plane etc etc i really don't know what to make of this but in a way it's gonna i don't know about you lauren but i think it is gonna affect that his cost factor even more now we might actually get him cheaper if that's the case if we were to bring him in because there's that potential uh off the field well I would, well would you would you even call it off the field Really? I mean, do, you to,
0: things, to honest,
1: do you think it's been blown out of proportion? Really?
0: I think it has, to be honest, because he's not other other than being, you know, they removed everybody off the plane because he was non-cooperative. He then had to make other arrangements to fly back to, um, fly back to Los Angeles. I think from Miami. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's, you know, there's no leaked videotapes or. A uh, mobile phone footage of him being abusive or anything like that. Other than you know saying he didn't want to put his seat belt on or he wasn't complying with the ask. Uh, you know the stewardess is asking him to put his seat belt on. Um, yeah,
1: it, it it does sound a little bit skeptical that like because everybody knows that's the golden rule when you're on a flight um pre departure etc. You always put on your seat belt and you take your seat belt off once you're once the obviously the light comes on. Or comes off whatever and that, and you can do as you wish, walk about in the plane, whatever. But, but I've seen some. I've seen other stories where it was the, more to do with the staff. They were a bit on a power trip and stuff like that. Whether that's true or not, we don't know because we can see it from Odell's point of view on Twitter. He's like, "This is just taking way out of proportion here." So, but yeah. either way, I'm not particularly phased by it. As such, i still I would still take Odell Beckham on board because I still think he still has a lot to offer um to kind of give like CD Lamb, Michael Gallup, just like some knowledge, experience, like tools to the trade, so to speak. I still would take him in.
0: Yeah, I I would as well. I mean um, you know, again, as there's no footage showing him being abusive or anything like that, it's it's all a case of he said, she said sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there, there's you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, and, you know, by all accounts, it, it hasn't waned people's interest. I think he's meeting with the Giants at the end of this week. He's meeting with us next Monday after we've yep. Um, yep. played, the, played the Colts.
1: Yep, on the fifth uh, and I the think moment. there's
0: still, I think there's a couple of other teams. I think the Chiefs are still interested, actually. So I,
1: I don't, I don't think the Chiefs would. Actually, I don't think they're desperate for it. I, f- I think there, there was one other team. I can't remember who it was. I think it was the Bills, actually. I think the mm. Bills, the Bills kind of came out of the speculation rumor rumor mill as well. So, but either way, it's going to be very interesting to see what materializes. Um, whether Odell Beckham wants to go to uh AFC team, that might be something different for him. He may want to challenge himself in a different conference. That could be a, a selling point for him, perhaps. But you have to kind of look to, like, does he really want to go back to New York? I don't think so, the way how things are kind of panning out for New York right now. If he wants to kind of go there and try and win a nice Super Bowl, like and I'm not trying to play favouritism here at all. I do tend to think that you would probably have a more better successful chance with us than they would with New York as things stand right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I certainly think so. I mean, I think um you know, we've got we've got the defense that, you know, we only need the offense to step up a little bit more and have obviously we've got the power running game, but you know, we need to have the passing game to complement that. So because there are certain teams that are tooling up their defensive lines to, to hopefully stop the run a bit better. And um, obviously, we, we've got one of them that's leading our division at the moment. Um, you know, they seem to be signing anybody under the sun that can can uh, run block. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I try to think. So what else do we have in the news front, lawn? Do we have anything else reported?
0: No, nothing really. Um, We came out relatively injury-free. There was talk that uh, Mike McCarthy was going to do everything virtually on Monday, but um, everybody seems to have been recovering from this flu virus that's been going round. So they actually had an in-person meeting with everybody. Um, Obviously, being able to relax for the entire weekend has helped people recuperate. Um, and you know, hopefully, hopefully everybody's back back to scratch, and we'll see how everybody goes. Uh, the the one sort of small injury, Jaron Curse, I believe, separated the shoulder slightly in the game on Thursday night. Um, he managed to pop it back into place there's obviously the, the the soreness that's involved with that. So he'll likely be limited this week, but uh, have every chance that, um, you know, he'll get back on the field.
1: I have to laugh at this comment for uh, uh, one of our regular viewers, uh, DG Dogs. Like, uh, sl- uh, if we do sign Odell Beckham, there is, like, the there's the chances, because like, you know what, these news outlets, especially a company like TMZ, like, they will be, like, still, like, they'll be sent a video and... They'll post it right after get goes just to kind of spark up the controversy type of thing, and they've like, and it's not the first time that they're, they're, they're notorious for that. So um, it'd be very interesting to see what does happen that uh, with Beckham. But in terms of the injury report, I'm glad we came on on uh, the majority of us came unscathed. So, um, but yeah, a little kind of other than the whole Beckham news. Good to know that they're like you said there um very little in terms of the injury reports uh coming after the game etc um i know and dj did did dog once again make the comments a Tyron and maybe Washington might start their practice window from injury reserve this week so this is this is great news uh when you think about it it just adds more um players to the system and stuff like that how like and that's another interesting thing I was just kind of thinking, it's like, well, how do we fit in Tyrone Smith now, the way how the continuity of our offensive line are doing right now?
0: Yeah, and I think, well, obviously the writing's been on the wall that, you know, the last couple of weeks, t- t- uh, Tyler Smith has been starting at left tackle, but then he switched into guard when the game has been out of out of reach of the opposition Mm-hmm. Um, and Jason Peters come in that would suggest that Jason Peters will end up being the swing tackle Tyron Smith probably comes in and uh, resumes his role um, little bit slightly concerning about that I, I think Tyler Smith was off his game on Thursday night to be at a lot, in a lot of instances um, in fact on Dak's second interception um You know, Tyler Smith was getting pushed back into Dak, and I don't think he was able to follow through on the ball correctly. Um, It still made its way to CD Lamb, but then CD Lamb coughed it up. So, um, you know, maybe if the ball had been slightly better positioned, um, you know, Dak, Dak could have got that pass off better, and CD Lamb would have made the catch. But um, you certainly can't complain about how CD Lamb's coming on. uh, If you know Washington. I think it's still a waiting game to see if if we're still in with a, with a shot with um, a signing OBJ. Then you know I don't unless somebody else goes down. I don't see you. I think Washington's a complete write off this year, to be honest. Yeah,
1: um, I tend to agree, and and me personally, I don't think Jalen Tolbert is not ready for it as well. I really don't. No. Um, I think he still has a lot to do to act. like even though he's on part of this roster, but I can see him falling down the pattern. number if we do bring OBJ into the roster. So but um but as you can see there at the bottom of the screen, guys, um some news over the updates. We did have the tight end whack a mole salvation army bucket, <laughs> which was probably one of the best touchdown celebrations I've seen for a long time. Not very creative from the Titans. They kind of took out that upon what Ezekiel Elliott did back in yeah. was it uh, 2019, 2018?
0: Yeah, 2016, I think it was. Was the first year that they did that. Ah, so. Um And then you know, obviously there was a couple of years later when Dak scored the touchdown, Zeke lifted him in, and what have you. So that we're just building on it year on year, out. um, and amazingly I think it's in, it's incredible that um, you know we didn't get the 15 yard penalty that normally happens and it remains to be seen whether there's going to be you know these guys are going to get FedEx notices this week saying that you know X has been deducted off your salary this week yeah
1: um, yeah so so with that being said uh, we will now just jump straight into the offense now guys so let us just do that uh, so, like we mentioned, the Dallas Cowboys won twenty-eight to twenty. Um, Dak Prescott went for two hundred and sixty-one yards, um, with two touchdowns, two interceptions, zero sacks, and it was twenty-one for thirty with an average of eight point seven yards and a rating of a uh, quarterback rating of seventy two point one. How would you feel Dak performed overall in that game, Lorne?
0: I think I think generally he he performed quite well. I mean, the the, the two interceptions in the first half. I mean, obviously he thought that uh, Thibodeau had jumped offside and thought he had a free play. Um, that for some reasons, the refs didn't call it, but then the refs called stupid penalties elsewhere. So I think every, yeah. all of the, all of that balanced out. Um, I think there was miscommunic- There was obviously there was some sort of miscommunication between Gallup and Dak on that one because mm-hmm. Gallup kept running and Dak threw it towards the sideline, but the the. Third string defensive back made a an excellent play on it and managed to snag it before before going out of bounds. Um, as I said, the second the second interception, he didn't um, get the ball off properly, and um, you know C D Lamb got hit as he was catching the ball and bounced it up into the air, and easy snag as well. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, s- second half obviously came off strong. I think. Two two passes in the second half hit the ground. The rest were all caught, Um, you know. And we obviously got two scores off off uh, through the air as well. So
1: yeah, um, and I'm just kind of looking in terms of how we did for overall offense. Our Russian offense was 169 yards on 39 carries, and our right receivers was 261 yards with 21 total receptions. So, yep. so overall, so that's what sixty offensive uh, snaps that were successful and we kind of accumulated over was it um I'm trying to do quick math here. So two, three, what four hundred and thirty? Yeah, four hundred and thirty yards yep. total offense. So when you kind of put it on perspective, that's actually a really good successful offense gaining those amount of yards against a, a defensive front like the Giants have right now like yeah like like so like so you just mentioned Tribodeau and uh is it dexter lawrence as well like he yeah and and he caused us quite a few issues at the early start of the game as well so um but we can't complain when you've kind of put in that perspective we managed to kind of we got the job done and and i think the only downfall i thought um was we kind of shot ourselves in the foot when it came to penalties and obviously with Dak, with the interceptions. Yep. It seemed like the game should never have been as close than it should have been.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, as I say, that that first drive, there was a strange call that you, you get um, you get down to second and one um, and you go two straight passes. I mean, and then, then you go for it on fourth down as well. And, you know, everybody knows that you're going to be teeing up for an easy run, um, you know, and fair play to the Giants. They defended it well. Um, the Giants obviously had a couple of guys that also had um, personal business as well. You had Jalen Smith, you had Jihad Ward, and they both got themselves on the stat sheet and got noticed well, a few times. So, Well,
1: well, Jalen Smith got noticed for the wrong reasons that came so- <laughs> In case anyone's not seen uh, or seen the, the video clip that's been shared all over social media right now of Jalen Smith pretending that he's like Shawn Michaels or Jeff Hardy in the WWE going in for an elbow drop, I honestly don't know what the hell he's doing. But here's the here's this crazy thing. He was probably likely awarded an assisted tackle for that. Yep. And 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 this is not like I'm not trying to criticize Jalen Smith too much from the Giants' point of view, but that's what he did all the time at Dallas. It was those type of things where he would just come in last minute and just maybe touch the player. It was down, and that counts as an assisted tackle. So the whole stat line of like, oh, he like number of tackles, yada, yada, yada. Why are we getting rid of our leading tackle? But when you really look into the actual finer, Find the, the yeah the actual tape of it. It's like it kind of makes no sense in that version.
0: Yeah, that 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 last season that he had. Um, oh, breaking news from Mike: Terrell Basham's just been waived. Oh, so,
1: so yeah, breaking news, folks. So yes, uh, Terrell Basham has been waived. That is a bit of uh, a. I don't know what to make it I'm not particularly thrilled about that, if I'm being honest.
0: No, uh, I I wonder if the plan is to bring Tack McKinley, McKinley up. Possibly. Um, you know, which they actually did activate him, but um, because certain guys managed to get back from the illness that had been going around on the Saturday, he he wasn't actually used. Um, so he reverts back down to the practice squad this week. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's certainly a bit of a, an interesting development because obviously we got rid of Tristan Hill because Basham was coming back from injured reserve. Um, so uh, it's it's a bit of a shame that it's not panned out the way he, you know we yeah. thought it was going to be. But um, wish him all the best.
1: Yeah, so I'll just bring that down at the bottom of the screen there. So as you can see, <clears throat> Basham has been waived by the Cowboys um but yeah so well we can only just say we wish him all the best in his future and stuff uh, uh wherever he may line up i'm sure there'll be other teams in the nfl will look to try and snap him up shortly um maybe not this season but definitely going forward for next season for sure um but but going back to the offense um just looking at our russian um stats here uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 16 carries, 92 yards, averaging 5.8 with one touchdown, with his longest being 22 yards. He had a fantastic game.
0: He did. And you could tell that the Giants were actually worried about the previous form of Tony Pollard. Yeah. So they were actually gearing up to stop Tony Pollard.
1: And and, and this guy... The- kind of, yeah, and this kind of comes to show, it's a, it really is a one-two punch combination that we have. It's like if you worry about one of, one of our running backs, then the other one is going to fit right in and give you a whole different perspective of how to defend the run. And we know that Zeke and Pollard are two completely different types of backs. Uh, so if you're trying to defend for one type of running back, then you're going to have to readjust like that yep. for the other. So And that's what seemed to have happened. So Zeke was managed to get in the inside run really, really effectively. But it's been a bit Pollard. He still managed to, like, even though he had more carries, 18 carries, but averaged 60 yards. Sorry, gained 60 yards with an average of 3.3, and his longest being a 13 yard gain. So even still, it's still okay. But when you had total all yeah. up, 169 total rushing yards. So we had 11 from CD Lamb. Four rushing yards from Dak Prescott and two rushing yards from Mr. Peyton Hendershaw, who got his first touchdown. So from the old jet sweep motion. So yep. that was yep. so it was good to see. It was a it was a day of the tight ends essentially as well.
0: Yeah, because you had all four tight ends on in that play as well. So um, you know there was no wide receivers on the pitch at that point in time. So. Um, you know, it was always going to be a run play, but um, you know, they did enough to disguise it as well. And uh, you know, it it was just a brilliant call and then obviously it led to the whack-a-mole. And this yep. this tight end group are actually, you know, they truly are a band of brothers. This the job that Wonder Wells has done with these guys, we're we're getting major um production from know, them. Yeah. Production from two rookies. Both of whom weren't in the top hundred. They were latter end of the draft and undrafted free agent. Um, you know, you're even seeing things from Sean McKeon, who you know was a street free agent a couple of years ago as well. That's right. Um, yeah,
1: I think it was like 2020. You, he we we brought him in 2020.
0: Yeah, yep, 2020. Yep. So
1: yeah, so I'm just I'm just looking at in terms of like our tight end. So Ferguson, uh, reception wise. It was fifty-seven yards, averaging only only three receptions and averaging nineteen yards, and yeah,
0: uh, and, and one hurdle as well.
1: Oh, that that was just <laughs> that, that, a guy of his size was he like six foot five, and he managed to elevate himself that high to yeah. leap leap over that secondary player. Oh, that was just, that was beautiful to watch. Then and got, then went
0: in like then went in like a missile when he knew he was going down as well. He went in like a missile on the guy that was going to tackle him as well. So still yeah. managed to get another couple of yards as well.
1: Yeah, that, that's the one thing I really like about Ferguson is like he will dip the shoulder down to try and get those extra dirty yards and just keep running the feet. So that's what I like about him. Really and, and this is what I was really happy about when we drafted him. And not to mention, as well, like Dalton Schultz, after coming back from injury, exact, etc, etc. We even though he's on the franchise tag right now, but that performance from Schultz is what we need from him right now. Going forward to the latter part of the season, second half this season now, like we definitely need as much options available for Dak to really open up the board, open up the field, and get the um, get the ball moving up to the end zone. So I'm really happy for Dalton. So even though stats wise it's not that much, but the place that he did made they were impactful and he got two touchdowns out of it so he was like 31 yards averaging 7.8 and only got uh, four four targets for four recorded receptions so four for four for Dalton so we can't you cannot complain about how our tight ends were operating for that whole game so I'm like again we, we, we can't complain it was a good performance from the offense
0: yeah, and I mean, y- you saw as well, um, C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup made some f- fantastic catches as well. I mean, obviously, C.D. Lamb's arm was practically in the the New York Giants defensive guy's pocket half the time. Or, you know, he's been held half the time and having to make the, the, the one-handed catches. Um, you know, he was very unlucky not to get the, the, the touchdown reception as well. But then that would have taken away Hendershot's one yard. Yep. Um run Um the, the rules unfortunately do state that you know if if C D Lamb and Echlin just managed to keep the toes down then that would have been a touchdown but because the whole foot came down that's well the, there, that's is the that,
1: the, there is that one frame where his feet are definitely inside I think it's just one of those ones it's so hard to overturn they yeah. can't like if they ruled that as a touchdown then they challenged or reviewed it. It would still remain. It, it'd be still recorded as a touchdown. It's just unfortunate. Yep. It, it's just one of those ones. It's so fine line. But for me, I thought it was a touchdown personally. But yeah, but being biased,
0: uh, undisputable evidence is the case that you need, and uh, it, it needs to you be. Know, you just, just
1: it needs to be absolutely clear cut. So even though if it may have been like a more half an inch inside the end zone with that heel not even on the line of the white line that might have made a hell of a difference but i just want to flag this up i've got the offensive statistics up here right now and if there's one thing as cowboys fans we're being very frustrated in general as our red zone offense this was a fantastic turnaround when you really think about we were four for four in the red zone today Uh, not today back in thursday like I Mean Kellen Moore managed to get the red zone offense clicking as we needed to, especially in that second half. That first half, well, going from the second quarter onwards, we managed to get the ball clicking. So I again, it's again, we're we're starting to kind of develop more, but it feels it feels like that that first half we, we was just getting a little bit too cute. But second half is like, okay, right, let's just refocus. Did what we did did against Minnesota and uh, just get keep running the ball and just be more simplistic when it comes to our approach and it showed that.
0: Yeah, completely agree with you, mate.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and uh, I mean even the other the other telling statistic there we were seven of eleven on third down as well. Um, third, you know, in the games where we have looked terrible this year, you know, third down has been a key key factor where we've been a third. You know, we've been like. A three of eleven or something stupid like that. Um, this time, this time round, we're actually we're on the positive side of the fifty percent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which obviously is is ahead of the sort of league average that you would normally have for third down conversions. So um, that's that's looking positive as well. And it's it's just ironing out the little mistakes, the penalties that shot ourselves in the foot but um, but then I think you know, same as last last year on Thanksgiving you know, the refs came out to make a name for themselves as well Yeah, it, um, seems, to, it
1: seems to be an ongoing, I've seen so many conspiracy theories now online when it comes to the officiating, not just for the Cowboys just in general um, I don't know if you may have seen this one but someone independently who's not a Cowboys fan made a you know one of those youtube short videos like basically think it's all down to various odds it's all down to the book makers is where these ridiculous calls because it was something to do with the, it, it it sounds so far-fetched but it's like you know what i can't actually i can't actually disagree with the guy he makes a kind of fair point but it's so out there you can not it's like nah surely not but anyway, yep. but but one final I will say, and I wanted to leave this one to last, and uh, I, I've I've well kind of been slaughtered by it with the comments right now that we've not mentioned this individual yet was Mister CD Lamb. How did he do?
0: Oh, he. I mean, he he is turning into becoming this number one receiver that we're needing to, um, you know. And he showed up big style with some of the catches that he was making, um, you know, and. So all, all you can really ask for him, uh, you know he he was making the plays, he was moving the chains, um you know, and he wasn't, yeah, he was standing there and he was signaling first down, but he's not making a big thing of it, he's just going about his job, he's getting back to the huddle, um, and you know not again not killing us with um you know if, if he did something brash for getting a first down that would be de- deemed as taunting or something like that and you put yeah. it, put us back on the back foot so uh. yeah
1: yeah so just for anyone who's not aware so cd lamb was six receptions going for 106 yards with 17.7 average um his longest reception was 25 yards and it, it was given it was targeted 11 times in six or uh, six uh, it was 11. um but I agree that C D is becoming he is slowly becoming that wide receiver number one. But me personally, I thought the guy that actually looked more of a wide receiver number one in terms of his power, powerful stature, his ability to get the ball, even though he had five receptions was Michael Gallup. He made some really big impactful plays in that game. Like yeah. even though it was only sixty-three yards, uh as long as it was twenty-five also and caught uh, and an average with 12.6 but some of the plays it's like there would have been no way he should have caught that but then again cd lamb got that p- catch right behind his head uh, like behind his head well kind of it was weird how he caught it but it was basically like the backhand type of you, you know the play i'm talking about right yeah 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 yep yeah. yep yeah, so but i felt I felt like Gallup and lamb played very synchronized in the game, obviously not in that first half, first quarter, some parts of the second quarter, but in that second half, it was a whole completely different team. So, um, so again, we can't really necessarily uh, complain anything about how we transformed ourselves. And again, I think uh, uh, credit to our coaches; they were probably not happy how we performed in that first half. Um, came back, and we went out and won the game, and. You could argue maybe from the defensive point of view, we may put the foot off the gas a little bit because we were that a little bit ahead in the fourth. But the score line kind of is like we're still the right deserving winners of that game. Um I just noticed um Chris, yes, I am coming to Texas on Thursday, my friends. So I will definitely hook you up when I'm over, my friend. Um yeah. so I'm just so let's quickly go through the comments before we move on to the offense. So uh, Lebarski is saying the Titans are starting to be recognized nationally too. I've seen been seeing talks about them on the big networks. Um, give Schultz a Super Bowl ring as he as a parting gift. Uh, we, would, we would love that. We would love just just a Super Bowl in general. Um, uh, first TD by Schultz came in the third and goal line from the 15 yard line. Um, Lebarski's saying I loved feeding the ball to Gab I hope he, it was I hope that was him on um, back game yeah i think that was his i'm back game i think we're just kind of waiting for him to kind of get more points in the board but then again i think just how he performed in terms of keeping the ball moving and like it was just so physical out there
0: yeah, yeah. and and i mean obviously thinking early on in the um was a Green Bay game. He'd come up lame as well. So mm-hmm. you were wondering if he was going to sort of favour that leg as well. But um, you know, again, he, he wasn't showing any signs of it uh, in the Giants game. He was leaping tall for balls. Um, you know, so it it does it does suggest he's getting more comfortable and he's more willing to do things with his legs as well. So that means he, he's building and we're. We're getting them strong at, at just the right time of the season. I think
1: so. absolutely. I, I totally agree. With it it's it's like with this now part of the season where you expect to see the injuries starting to creep in, and that we seem to be kind of maintaining, if not getting guys coming back into the fold and stuff like that. So from the shaky start of the season, start of the season where we're one to sure who our all line is going to be, blah 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 blah. We're now in this position now. We've got players coming back. But players are actually coming back from a job now starting to kind of like build up their confidence and going. And uh, yes, uh, we just saw that, Brian. We have just announced that uh, Terrell Basham has been released. So we did notice that. So we did bring that in as breaking news earlier. Um, But finally, before we move on to the defense, I know I just mentioned like CD Lamb and Michael Gallagher, but our offensive line, um, Dave, Dak, I mean, almost a perfect game. There was some false starts there and there and stuff like that. But again, I think our blocking has fundamentally so much improved
0: in the past two weeks tenfold. Um, Amazingly, Zach Martin got another holding call, you know, but he's he's still got less holding calls in his career than he has Pro Bowl appearances. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, and uh, as I say, I think Tyler Smith, whether it's the you know only having three days from uh, between the two games, but he did have struggles. Um, as did Tyler Biadasch, I, w- I would say as well. He wasn't as strong in this game, but again, it could be fatigue. Um, could be. I mean, you you I, don't I, the... know. You don't know as well. I mean, obviously there was an illness going around the defensive side That's of right. the room. Yeah. Is, is there something that? You know, the offence hasn't been hit as badly, but, you know, they're they're still feeling s- some symptoms as well. You don't know, but um, uh, per- perhaps that had an effect on it. We'll see how they bounce back this week against uh, the Colts.
1: Well, good thing against this game, against the Colts, we have more time to recover this week, but obviously because we played the first day, we've got those extra t- uh, two and a half days, essentially, or yeah. three days or whatever it is. Um, so, but yeah, I'll be at the game on Sunday. So if you see a guy wearing a kilt, come say hi. All right. So, <laughs> and I'll be at the Texans game as well. But anyway, um, so with that being said, let's jump into the defense. Uh, so defense, defense, defense. Um, so um, general thoughts, Sloan.
0: I thought they did fantastically to be honest. They they managed to keep uh, Saquon Barkley under control In fact, and uh, as a result, you know, you were looking that maybe Daniel Jones was going to es- escape the pocket, but um, I think the one or two times where Daniel Jones, they almost had Donovan Wilson as a bit of a sign and Donovan Wilson came up and you know, Daniel Jones saw it and threw the ball away effectively so um, yeah they kept him under control. And the only one who was really got a, I think he got 6.2 yards of carry was the Gary Brightwell, who I think their sort of third string running back. Yes. If you set up to key, if you set up to key one or two players, then, you know, you're always going to be susceptible to somebody that you haven't got a lot of videotape on.
1: Yes. Yeah, like, so just like I run from uh, the giants rushing, um barclay was 39 yards with an average of 3.5 with a touchdown um gary brightwell 31 yards with 6.2 average with a longest being 15 yards daniel jones to me is the biggest factor i think because he terrorized us with the a uh, escape in the pocket where the rushing yards after that like so it might necessarily be more of a pass play that he was initially of but because we're so aggressive in the defensive front our front four and even our linebackers can be that too eager to hit those gaps. It just opens it might it can potentially open up the, the door for like Daniel Jones to escape and run upfield to gain those yards. So I'm I'm really happy we managed to contain him down in that perspective to only 14 yards. Um and uh and finally Mike Brader who was only came in for two snaps just got six yards. So but in total The New York Giants only gained 90 rushing yards. So from the run defense perspective, that is a good day in the books. If we can keep it under 100 for the whole overall team, that is great. That's that's good work. So, uh, And uh, looking at their wide receivers and stuff, uh, they are a total of 228 yards. Still lower than Dallas from their 261. Um, But uh, the the biggest uh, guy was on their roster for – making the plays was Daddy Slayton. Um, so, who was 63 yards, 21, point, uh, 21 yards per average with a youngest of 44, which was a big play to be fair. they yeah. There, there was times we did kind of like switched off a little bit from the secondary point of view, but let's just kind of look into how we did those. So, um, our biggest tackler uh, was at Leighton Van Der Esch with eight total tackles with five of them being solo. Uh, Jayvon Diggs was seven, uh, six solo. DeMont Clark, which I'm thrilled to see with everything, how he's just came. Like We did not expect him to play even a snap of football this year. He was pretty yep. much going to be a 2023 guy, but he's came in halfway through the season and he's producing and he's made some good plays in that game. Um, but I think the biggest one to really mention is obviously Micah Parsons. Yeah, um, I don't know, I, I don't know, I think it's it's so easy, well for me it's easy to say he has to be defensive player of the year, he has to be at this rate.
0: He does, because I mean, obviously our defence wouldn't be half the defence without his sacks anyway, but you know, just the fact that he's getting all these sacks is actually making teams key against him, and and, you know, allowing the others to step up as well. So Doran Armstrong got another sack this week as well. Um, you know, so we're Micah Parsons is actually putting everybody on his back and basically, you know, he's making everybody that much better. So, um, and it's, it's the same, you see Aaron Donald, the Rams, you know, everybody schemes against Aaron Donald and it allows other players to flash. Yep. But, you know, when the game's on the line, I mean, obviously Aaron Donald... Uh, sorry, Micah Parsons came into this game. He hadn't recorded a sack against um, any of the NFC East teams this this year. Um, he'd been hit sackless against New York, Washington and Philadelphia. Um, you know, and he was sure as hell not going to let that happen this game. So it, it just it's interesting that, you know, he, he either gets two sacks or he gets zero sacks this season.
1: Yeah, um, I don't think there's been one game this year where he's only got a single sack. I don't believe. I think it's always it's, been it's yep. either two or three. I, mean,
0: I, I think he's, it, he's actually. I think it's six. Six games with six games with two.
1: Yeah, and I think he's tied with the Marcus Ware. Yeah. So he just needs another double, like another two sacks per game and he's now got the franchise record in terms of the multiple sacks per game in a season and And he's actually
0: moving in on them there's a Reggie White record
1: there's the Reggie White who is the overall NFL record I think has his eight games
0: yeah I think so
1: yeah so I mean we're only halfway through the season only halfway and we've got like the colts we've got the texans we've got jacksonville we've got the titans we've got the eagles again and we've got washington so um it's very very possible that parsons can set a lot of nfl records this year possibly um i mean he already is already i think he's like in terms of his first two years he's already kind of um god what's the giants player again uh, Lt Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor, like yeah. I think he, he he's almost in the, he's almost like beat like he's beat, beat him in some statistics and some things and some that but and this is only like one and a half seasons so far so it'll be very interesting to see how end of the season plays out for Parsons, Um but also in terms of the sack number count, Mister Dorrance Armstrong gets on the sack count as well, and this is a guy that we were. This is one of Jerry's guys that, especially like so me and Mike, we're like, why do we keep him on board? Because we know like he has potential, but it just seemed like the years prior, he's never lived up to those expectations. But this year, this year since Randy Gregory's left, he's flourishing and he's taken every opportunity, not just on defense, but even on special teams.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I've, I think with him, you know, it, it was always very difficult. He was coming in as as a sort of third down rusher or, you know, a spot rusher. So he wasn't, you know, it takes, certainly for me, whenever I was coming on to play defense, you know, it took me at least two or three snaps to, to get into the game, yep. get, get into the flow of it you know, and if you're constantly coming in, playing two snaps and then coming being subbed off because the guy, the guy in front of you is fresh again, you're not getting the opportunities. I think he's getting the opportunities these last two years. The sack numbers have come up and, you know, it's not just the sacks he's doing. He's stripping the ball off running backs. He's recovering the ball. Um, you know, he's, he's blocking kicks. Um, you know, he's, he, he he's making making a name for himself, and uh, I'm just glad it's a multi. am glad just glad it's a multi-year deal that he signed. Otherwise, um, you know, that another he, one that Jerry's he, got to dip into. Yeah, into yeah. The well, for for.
1: Well, well, exactly, and not to mention as well for Alexander Armstrong. Whenever he is on the field, he is always he's hitting his gap assignment very, very effectively. Like you don't normally do see the run game. Um, Hit towards his gap because he seems to be at the right place. And you see, like, so running backs having to force themselves to move into a different gap where they're going to meet, like, so your Neville Gallimore, your Osa de or they have to completely flip side it to the weak side or strong side. I do apologize. That's where um, Demarcus Lawrence is. And, but Demarcus, yeah. even though Demarcus Lawrence had a really quiet game, but he still showed why people do not want to run the ball against them. Like, yeah, he's there. Like hitting your gap assignment, even though you might be set out on the edge, but he's still coming back inside to the B gap, or yeah, the B gap. Sorry, um, he's still there. He's still there doing his job. And I, f- I think there was one thing that we did so well was like on the week, like depending who was on the weak side, we did the containment le- containment of like any of the run play option or anything like that. We managed to uh, neutralize that very effectively in that game.
0: Yeah, and I mean Demarcus Lawrence, obviously, you know he he was there or thereabouts as well. He was getting pressure. Daniel Jones wasn't comfortable in the pocket most of the day. Yeah. Um, you know, and that obviously shows that you know he only completed some just over fifty percent of his passes. Yeah. Um, so,
1: yeah. So Daniel Jones went for 21 and 21 21 thirty-five. 30, five. Yep. Yeah. Were two hundred twenty-eight yards, six point five average, with one touchdown. Uh, got sacked three times with a quarterback rate of sixty one point seven. Um, I mean, looking at that stat line, it, it, it's not a bad stat line for Daniel Jones, and, and I'll give him the benefit of doubt here. But he did make some good plays against us, especially one down in the seam in the middle. Like he did look towards that uh, that Lawrence Kager guy, like you, know, like down the middle, the the backup yep. tight end, um, yep. even though it was one reception, but it seemed to be the, the most effective they would really affect was the throwing the ball down the middle rather than down the actual uh, at the sideline. So I thought that was quite interesting to see how that panned out because I think that's just down to how aggressive we were in terms of the blitz. If we push one linebacker to go down to the line of scrimmage, that just leaves open that gap for the ball to be dropped down in, into the middle there. So, um, but yes, um, but I'll leave this one over for you, Lauren, as our secondary. Um, give me your overall thoughts, how our secondary performed, and is there anything that that you might want to highlight on that, um, good or bad?
0: Well, obviously, it was a quiet day for Trayvon Diggs. Um, you know, obviously, he got seven tackles, but, um, you know, they weren't throwing the ball in his direction, really. And... Um, the big play, obviously, was given up by Anthony Brown. Other than the fact that Anthony Brown wasn't looking and therefore couldn't jump up at the same time. But we're not... Anthony Brown, unfortunately, is always going to get picked on because he is the number two cornerback and you know they're not going towards digs anymore. So he's yeah. always going to be the guy that they're going to look for and they're going to try and get some sort of mismatch on him.
1: I will um, say I will say this though I would still rather have Anthony Brown in as my number two than I would Kelvin Joseph.
0: Yeah, yep. and I mean K- Kelvin Joseph was inactive because he had the 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 flu. You didn't see the Sean Wright playing that much other than on special teams. Um, yeah, if,
1: if, if, if he did co- he did contribute, and today he did make one solo tackle in the game. The Wright, yeah, yeah, yep, so.
0: Um but I mean you know that, that catch that Slayton made again I thought it was interesting that you know this was the OBJ ball as it had been tagged and you know it was it was very similar, it was running down the sideline, it was at it at or in the end zone, and you know it, it took a one one handed leaping catch to, to, to actually make the play as well. So um there's not a hell of a lot Anthony Brown could have done But, you know, it, it maybe is something they are targeting him And, you know, uh, on on the instances where the pass rush aren't getting home Then, you know, if you if you go up against an all-pro offensive line And the pass rush isn't getting home Then, you know, that whoever that quarterback is Is going to be able to uh, take Anthony Brown to school, to be honest So um, it is it is a concern, but as long as this defense is playing the way it is, it, it, you know it, it should be a minimal concern.
1: Yeah, I'm going to throw it this week, and um, you know what our infamous our um our infamous mate likes to do. He likes to throw wee interesting wee statistics out the blue from there to there. Um, so where would you say is the who is the number one team in the NFL right now with the least amount of points against? And it's not that it's not Dallas, but guess who is number one? I guess is number one, but guess where Dallas is eh, in terms of eh, where where they're positioned? Who do you think is number one right now?
0: I think Dallas is something like number two. Correct. Um,
1: yeah, so Dallas and... is number two, number two with one hundred and eighty seven points against them.
0: Yeah, and I want to say it's something like the 49ers are probably the
1: number one spot on, absolute spot on. So it's only by uh, eight points. No, sorry, uh, yeah, no, wait, let me just double check. So Dallas Cowboys are 187 and San Francisco are 173. So it's actually more than 14 points, 14 points. Yeah, so so two touchdowns of a difference between the top two top defenses in the NFL in terms of. Uh, points against them, and I mean, and, and in terms of like the NFC, uh, our our division, NFC beast right now, which and another one as well. As things stand, every team in the NFC East will be in the playoffs. That is crazy to yeah, think that. Like the one everyone slated for years as the NFC least, now is the NFC beast now.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, we're not every team is two games over five hundred. So um, you know, that just goes to show that everybody's everybody's playing strong. So um there's 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 no room for let up this this season. I mean yep. we still got we're two games back on um Philadelphia at the moment, that potentially. I don't Philadelphia obviously have had a few um kinks exposed the last couple of weeks um you know they need to try and work on things that they are beatable i think you yeah. know they, they they were one play away from losing to the colts um you know and that and, and,
1: that, and that green bay game was quite uh i didn't watch all of the game but it was a it was a chess match in that, especially in especially that first half but i didn't yeah. watch the, i didn't watch the second because it was like it was like two o'clock in the morning here in the uk so I just decided just to like call it quits and just go and watch like just look my bed but when i saw the final result i was just like oh no so but but like a uh, like you're kind of saying there that they are beatable they do yeah. have holes in the game it's just a matter how we're going to utilize that but kind of go back to our defense though um i'm just trying to think in terms of uh a, a grade if i was to, if i was to kind of grade our defense overall in terms of their steam and stuff, I, I I still kind of believe that we kind of let them, let our foot off the pen in that second half, like that fourth quarter, essentially to let them become within yeah. eight points. I'm going to give them an A minus on this game in terms of grade.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd certainly give an A minus as well. Maybe maybe a little bit lower. Maybe even a B plus. I think. Um, there wasn't a hell of a lot of things that they did wrong, but obviously we, you know, we gave up twenty points. Um I'm I'm just happy that the, the Giants didn't go for two because I had the I had the Cowboys at seven and a half uh on one of my bets as well. So I actually caught I I was a perfect three for three on um, Thursday night. So I had the Lions to lose by less than nine. Um uh, I had the Cowboys to win by seven and a half, and I had uh, Minnesota to win by two and a half. So I was about forty quid up on on Thursday night. So. Good
1: stuff. I'm just going to throw in on one more we start statistic before we jump into special teams. As uh, um, daisy Dogs just asked about the points differential for Dallas, we're definitely best in the NFC East with uh, ninety-two points plus. With the Eid was being 87 plus, but I think we're second overall, and the team is number one is the Buffalo Bills with 110. That's a massive points different difference. So yep. um I mean I mean the Bills have been on fire, but uh, but in terms of the that it's uh, if we can just kind of keep going this route of where we are right now, just be that consistent. Going across the rest of the season, I think anything is possible this year, and especially how the playoff picture looks for the NFC right now. Every single one of those teams are definitely beatable. Every one of them, like as of right now, it's it'd be. um, Let me just. I think it's
0: Tampa Bay. We'd go to. uh, Uh, Yeah. So yeah.
1: So I'm just trying to think. So uh, Philadelphia would play New York because they would be lost in terms of the wild card well,
0: no 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 I'll no no, no. So, so, yeah.
1: it'll it, be Minnesota sorry Philadelphia Philadelphia did bye. it'd be Minnesota yep. playing New York we would play um Tampa and and I believe who's the other one so San Francisco would play Washington I believe yep yeah yes I think that's the order I, I don't quote me on that. I, I'm just trying. To, I'm just trying to remember it, top of my head there. But it, it's crazy to think that because I think the, the biggest worry that those teams might be San Francisco. I haven't being perfectly honest. Um, yes. Like um, Minnesota, like we really definitely exposed them in that game. Um, Philadelphia, we I think now playing name at home and a christmas eve will be a big massive deciding factor if if we can beat them then for sure then i think we can all start to get our expectations that little bit higher so but we don't want to jump the gun like we always do within cowboys nation we get our hopes up so quickly like we put our a uh, put everything heart on our sleeve pretty much and just say no we're gonna win it we're gonna win it." I'm still being quite conservative in that remark. I don't want to say yeah. that we're going to win it because I still think the consistency is still a major issue um, going forward.
0: I, I'm go- I'm going with the, the advice that Brad Sham gave us last year when he was on yep. the show. That game by game. Yep. Game by game.
1: Yep. Um, yeah, big big and- shout out to the Voice of the Star, Mr Brad Sham. We miss you, my f- good sir. We miss you. Yep, like, need to um, get we need, you back we, on. Yeah, yes, we do. We need to get you back on. Um, so before we kind of uh, go and finish off, we'll just jump quickly onto special teams and we'll call that our show. Um, so let's just kind of do that. As you can see here at the bottom of our screen, um, Brett Maher was 0 for one for field goals. Um uh, but he did make all of his PATs and the uh, likes of Brian uh, Brian Anger. Just one punt in the game, one punt with 51 yards. Again, this kind of shows how much our offense was just managing to uh, keep the ball in possession. I don't have the statistic in terms of time of possession that we had, but it was not like 60 to nearly 70% we had possession of the ball throughout that game. It was...
0: Thirty-four minutes, I think. So yeah, we, we were over. Uh, been, we were over sick, 50.
1: Uh, so you're talking about f- between the fifty-five and sixty percent mark we had positioned at the yeah. ball. Yep.
0: So which is uh, yeah, I mean the, the main thing is as long as your defense is on the field less than your offense is that's always that's always a plus. That means that these guys can they're getting the rest and they can go out and attempt to you know, they're getting they're getting the guys off the field for a start. But you know, it's also meaning that they're able to get a rest and you know continue going out and harassing them. Um,
1: oh, sorry, I forgot to mention that. Yes, we are the number one pass rushing defense. We are number one leading in sacks, and we are. Um, I think we're, we're 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 top three in pretty much everything defensively. Maybe no, I don't know about secondary, mind you, but in terms of uh, like, oh, God, I'm. I might be I might be talking a lot, a lot of porkies right now. but I think
0: I think obviously a run defense is the only thing that we're probably fairly low in.
1: But that uh, has improved in the past two weeks. Yeah, by yep. by a long mile. Like I don't know. Like I don't think the Hankins signings drastically improved us that much. But I don't know what Dan Quinn and Aiden Dirty has done. But it's clicking. Like we're we're hitting it. Like we're. We're not seeing so much on the inside run. Most of the runs are now going over oh, to the outside. We're seeing like a LVE help covering up those yards and not with next to zero gains nowadays. So, uh, but yeah, but going back to special teams quickly before we finish up, and we'll, well, before we finish up, we'll read up some more comments before we finish up. But I mean, we're, the game, the the field goal from Maher was a bit of a surprise, but we can let him off with that one considering yeah. how well he's played all year a guy that we did not think it's like why did we bring him back who's completely transformed himself since we let him go a couple of years ago he's came back he's went through a like i don't know he's went for a, a like a kicking coach or something like that we don't know but whatever he's done it's working and we can probably just try and forget that field goal, but in terms of his PATs and stuff like that, it's been it's been great. So yep. if we can just keep that up, and again, once again, Brian Anger has been great. Um, in terms of Turpin, though, we still haven't got that touchdown yet. It will happen. It will. I think everyone is basically nearly every week they're putting like a, a bet slip on for Devante Turpin to score uh, a touchdown on kickoff, so or punt return, so. I mean, the odds are great. Like, if you're doing it maybe like five bucks, ten pounds, or whatever you want to put a wager on, it's definitely worth something to put a bet on every week because it's that close of happening. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the number of times he's been one tackle away from it, and it's normally been the kicker either riding them out of bounds or, you know, just in the case of Jamie Gillen, Jamie Gillen, obviously, ex rugby player across here. Um, you know, yeah. he's 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 not afraid to mix it up like most punters are. Yeah, j- um, just just
1: just for context, in case anyone's wondering, so the, the punter for the New York Giants and me and Lauren have a bit of, well, not so much he's a Giants player, but because he's where he's from, he's from our neck of the woods up here in Scotland. And it's just great to see Scottish players actually in the NFL knowing that anyone could be part in the league. So it's like, because... As, as,
0: as is their field goal kicker as well their field goal
1: uh, is from yeah, Graham, as well so. yeah, yeah, Graham Grano so they've got two Scottish players in that New York Giants squad but anyway, we don't really necessarily care about the Giants but we just wanted to kind of highlight that that it's just like, Chris, we kind of take pride in that, you know so, but anyway yeah. um, but finally, we'll, we'll just kind of jump through these comments and they uh, will pay the bills and we'll tell you uh, our pre-game show will be uh, for Against the Colts will be on Thursday hosted by Mike um, I'm not sure we do have a special guest. I find we, we may have one lined up. Um, yep. I can't be too sure, but we um, to tune in on Thursday. But before we jump off, let's bring up the com- comments. Um, so, Labarstri's asking us, are you all as confident as I am as we will own the Eagles? If we can perform like we did against the Vikings, yes. I'm just not sure about us being consistent. That's my only concern. Yeah.
0: We 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 have the capability. It's just putting it all together on the day of the game. That's the only thing, and you know, eliminating these mistakes that we seem to make.
1: Yeah, like uh, ourselves in the foot. Yep. Uh, so, DG Dogs, just Jonathan Taylor, the Eros, and Derek Henry are still left in the schedule. Out of those, I'm probably more worried about Derek Henry the most. Jonathan, like Jonathan taylor's still a good running back, but. He's not been as effective. Like I think he's just came back from injury as well. So I yeah. think he's. I think he's still trying to find his feet at this moment. So and we're playing him this weekend uh, coming. So I don't. I don't expect us to. I, well, I don't expect Jonathan Taylor to have a massive game on us away from home against us. Um, but I agree, the Eagles. That it's going to be a tough game. I can admit that. But Derek Henry, I think, is going to be the more one we've got to worry about. And finally, Elizabeth Richardson. Everyone knows how quick he is. It's not going to happen. Just like Diggs, they won't for that in his direction. So I take. I think she's uh, reflecting on the whole um, Anthony Brown, I believe. So if I get your comment wrong, Elizabeth, please rectify me on that. I want to make sure I've got your comment and context correctly. <laughs> um, but yes. Um, so, with that being said, um, like I said, so we're going to finish up for this evening. Thank you for all you guys for swinging by. We're going to pay off the bills in a wee second, but be sure to come by on Thursday, same time, 9 p.m. UK time, 6, uh, 3 p.m. Central time in the US uh, for the pregame show against the Indianapolis Colts with Mike hosting. Um, I won't be on there because obviously I'll be traveling, not to rub it in. Uh, <laughs> I, had to, I, had to say, I had to say it, I had to say it uh because i'll be on my plane flying for that game um so but yes uh oh, uh so she's referring to the Devante the turpin touchdown got you right I yep. understand right got you now awesome right thank you for that clarification there elizabeth much appreciate you um joe from italy great show guys tonight a good night of oh, guys be sure this is what this is what i keep saying it's like all corners of the world do watch this now We've got Joe yeah. from Italy, we've got you guys, some guys in the US, we've got some guys watching from Canada, we've got some guys watching here in the UK. Is, like, and this is why, like, we'll mention like, so the shout-outs and stuff like that, why me and my co-host Meg Murray do the, the World's team, because essentially that's what the Dallas Cowboys is now. We are the World's team. So, mm-hmm. um, so now saying that, um, we're just going to pay off the bills. So, Lauren, do you want to take this one over?
0: Yep, so... If you're going to a game like Paul is this weekend, not that I'm uh, jealous <laughs> or anything, um, obviously be sure to book through Cowboys Experience for the ultimate meet and greets. As you saw last Thursday on our uh, pre-game show, you you saw the craziness that was going on there. Uh, the stadium tours, the game tickets, tailgating, get to meet guys like Micah Parsons, Zach Martin, uh, uh, Drew Pearson, Jay Novacek, um you know they've obviously they've got the the USA cheerleaders there as well, so um, you know that's something for everybody. There's lots of competitions going on d- during the during the pregame meets as well. Um, you know, get in contact with them. They'll treat you like royalty. Tell them that we sent uh, we sent you. So mention UK Cowboys, and you'll get.
1: You get free stuff, folks, and well, when about main free stuff, you get like a, a goodie bag with like a signed magazines, signed photos, and stuff like that. So be sure to take up on that opportunity. And uh, but yeah, in regards to the the show last week, we did had a big special guest to come onto the show, but because of how busy the um cowboys experience meet and greet was unfortunately the time constraints and stuff like that we didn't match it and we will get sam williams on this show at some point this year we will promise you that so um we will have him on at another time so we do apologize from last week because as you may have noticed it was a bit of a like it was the audio the dj sound and stuff like that so we do apologize and that so it was kind of out of our control but we, but uh, Barry from Cowboys Experience will will help us out with that, and we will get someone onto the show, and uh, we'll fire some questions off to him, and that, and uh, we'll talk about how he thinks the season's running. That, but finally, like I've mentioned bef- uh, before, you can uh, you can f- go follow our fellow content creators like from DallasCowboys.com are Talking Cowboys, Hanging with the Boys, The Break, Big Shots, etc. And you can also follow me and Meg on uh, Blogging the Boys at SB Nation doing the World's Team. You can also see, like, it's a big game, James, uh tucks Cowboys fans only, CFO Sports. Go course, see Nicks and uh, uh, Spoonie at Pick 6 Sports. Uh, Cowboys, y'all, with Lost City Cowboys uh, and the guys from Canada, Cowboys Can Fan. They just released a video of their experience being at the, the at the Thanksgiving game and at the Minnesota game. Be sure to go and check it out. Great watching them, having a great time. And uh, and also, I'll be doing a my own wee video documentary for my trip for... This year as well to kind of help cover, um, for like international fans, like so flight prices, ticket prices, experience factors, my overall thoughts, this and that. So it's just to kind of help you guys if you're planning on going to a Cowboys game to give me give you like what to expect. So, um, uh, but yes, with that being said, um, we'll see you guys on Thursday. And uh, Lauren, give us a sign off.
0: Yeah. So, safe travels, Paul. Bring back a win, otherwise you'll be um, escorted to the airplane um, straight, <laughs> straight after the game on 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 Sunday. Um, and I'll catch you guys on Thursday night.
1: See you in Dallas, folks.
0: Woo!